Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. to baseball money is fake a fantasy baseball podcast on the sports gambling podcast network i am blake meyer and if you are with us live right now it is thursday and there has been a lot of day baseball i can say day baseball because i live on the west coast which means i live in the past and it like almost every game for the day is already gone it feels like uh, but as always, I'm here with my man, Ryan Gilbert. How are you doing today, Ryan? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, day, it was day baseball for the Phillies. They started at 1210 Eastern. They got the win. Uh, Michael Lorenzen in his debut, eight innings to earn, and Sir Anthony got the save. Uh, Trey Turner continues to, to be Trey Turner, however, uh, after a bad loss on, on Wednesday night. But that's back, got the series win, and uh, yeah, heading into the weekend, coming back home to face KC. Hopefully, can get, get a uh, sweep there. I hope so. Michael Lorenzen was on absolute fire for you guys today, which is kind of exciting for me to see because I love me some Michael Lorenzen this year. Uh, like you pointed out last episode, he's been pretty volatile. Like he's had like six games or whatever where he gave up a ton of runs, but then he's had 10 games where he gave up one run or fewer or something crazy like that. You can uh-huh. just chalk today up as another one of those very impressive games. Uh, there's nothing like kind of making yourself a fan favorite by coming out in your first game with the team and throwing eight innings and getting the dub. And <laughs> there's just so much uh, baseball-wise that has gone on lately, especially in the world of injuries. And I think one important thing that we need to kind of talk about for a minute is Anthony Rizzo. The news just came out uh, maybe like an hour before we started this, hour and a half before we started this, something like that. Uh, the Anthony Rizzo is headed to the injured list with a concussion. From the collision he had with Fernando Tatis Jr. at first base back at the end of May. Ryan, how in the hell does a professional sports team in 2023 fuck up that bad with a player who obviously has not been right since then? How did they just now do the neurological test and the cognitive ability test and all of that now? Like, How does a team wait this long? Yeah, it, it's it's definitely interesting, especially with the Yankees stuff this season. I mean, they they got Judge back. Maybe we'll see Judge go out again with a with a you know re-injuring his toe. Uh, Jose Trevino played with like a torn wrist for a while. So the Yankees have done a lot of questionable things here with their players. I don't know if they're 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 probably not forcing them to play through it, but like since June second, which was the first game after that that happened, uh, Anthony Rizzo was twenty nine for one hundred sixty nine. Uh, batting 172, one home run, 44 strikeouts, 44 strikeouts, a strikeout rate of over 25%. That's never good. I mean, Anthony Rizzo has not been fantasy baseball relevant, and this explains why. I do want to play a little bit of of devil's advocate. I'm like, oh, how how did the Yankees let him play with a concussion? Concussion symptoms come and go. They come and go. The player can feel fine. The player can can pass a test, and then, you know what, months down the line, months down the line, they, they, they don't feel right, and they don't look right. So, like, Obviously, that happens more in contact sports. Hockey, hockey ha- happens all the time. We're just talking about that on the Hockey Gaming Podcast, the other other episode. So, yeah, and you know, part of me wants to be like, okay, maybe 
Rizzo has been battling through this and been like, and now we, now because he's playing so poorly, the, Yan- the Yankees are like, okay, let, let, let's sit you down for a bit, but let's see, let's, see, let's get you t- 10 days off. Let's see what happens. But yeah, Rizzo has been one of the, the worst players over the past two months. And if he was playing with a concussion, that, that kind of shows why. Yeah. I think one of the craziest things for me since then is his, since that game in June, he has a 2.4% barrel rate. Anthony Rizzo is a guy that pretty routinely has like an 11 or so percent barrel rate for a year. And I mean, we're talking like two months, pretty much set a 2.4% barrel rate, 33% hard hit rate, both of which are absolutely terrible for him. And so I get it. It's one of those things where concussion symptoms can kind of come and go. And sometimes guys do like they struggle or whatever, but this was such a drastic change in production prior to the injury until now that there needed to be somebody in whether it's their coaching staff their analytics department or something that just looked at some of these numbers that are free for everybody to look at somebody from that organization needed to look kind of deeper into the numbers and be like okay even if he says that he feels okay there's something here that's not right like you don't just magically all of a sudden out of nowhere for multiple months straight, I don't care. I mean, obviously he got older and all that stuff, but they play in a little league ballpark or whatever they got. It got called last year, and I'll say he can't hit any home runs or what one in two months. He had a great start to the season. He was a very productive fantasy player, and he turned into a literal—I don't want to say a nobody because he's still Anthony Rizzo—but in the fantasy baseball world, he turned into a nobody. There needed to be somebody in that organization that was just like, you know what? It feels like he can't even see the ball that well. He's got his hand-eye coordination is obviously way off. Something's going on. They needed to run these tests. Especially, like, concussions can be very dangerous, too. So just putting him out there nonstop, it's not that much of a contact sport, but just putting him out there nonstop, there's a lot of things that can go wrong from just completely pretending like he doesn't have one. It's frustrating, but it is good that they caught it, I guess. I, I just rewatched that play and, and like his neck, like his head, like goes back into his neck. And like he's like very, it's very obviously dizzy afterwards. They check him on the field. And apparently, Brian Hawk, I'm not sure for MLB.com how to pronounce it, but like some days he, he would wake up, but it was, he would be more tired. We thought it was the, the grind of the season. Sometimes he would forget how many outs there were. Like that, how has someone on, on, on the Yankees not caught this? I mean, I guess the testing finally did, but. Yeah, with the Yankees being being that bad, with Rizzo being that bad, it's uh, it's been it's it's just wild. It's, it's wild to see. Yeah, and, and I'm glad they caught it so that he can start to at least start the real recovery process now, and hopefully get back to the Anthony Rizzo that he was. Yeah. Um, and speaking of getting back to Rizzo, make sure you get back and subscribe to the podcast if you listen to this. Leave us a five star rating and review. Get us on our Substack, fakebaseball.substack.com. Uh, all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, on YouTube. We're live every uh, every show we go live, usually between 5.30, 6 o'clock Eastern, sometime in there. Uh, so make sure you subscribe and like us on there as well. And, of course, make sure you check out the Sports Gaming Podcast Patreon. The Sports Gaming Podcast Patreon is perfect for the diehard DGen. Sign up for the Patreon to get ex- access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, an ad-free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DJs. 
There's even a Discord channel just for patrons. The Sports Garden Podcast has and always will give out all their picks for free. Patreon is just a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. SportsGarmonPodcast.com slash Patreon. That's SportsGarmonPodcast.com slash Patreon. Okay, so another thing that I wanted to to dive into is hot hitters. We did an episode like this a couple weeks ago. Figure what better time than now than to jump back into it. And I got to be honest, Ryan, I think the person that we start the hot hitters off with, it's got to be Lars Newport, man. And Lars, we trust. We are coming up on one year of doing this podcast, which means we are coming up on one year of being a pro Lars Newport podcast. Uh, Since, when was that? Uh, I did, since July 22nd. So just shy of two weeks. Lars Newbar is hitting 455 with a 4.8% strikeout rate, just shy of a 20% walk rate, and he's got five dingers and scored 10 runs. He is the Lars Newbar that everybody wanted, and he's been hot for a while now. Uh, he kind of did this at the end of last year, too. He came on. He was really hot there for a while. He cooled off significantly in September, which kind of sucked, but he did have an extended hot streak like this before. Do you have any shares of Lars Nupar? And do you think he can keep this up longer than he was able to last year with this hot streak? Uh, I absolutely do. I, I called it out a few weeks ago. I, I picked him up and he's been been hot ever since. Even since the beginning of beginning of July, I was looking at it. He is um 33 for 102, so that's 324 OPS over one, seven dingers in that span. That extrapolates out to 40 home runs over an entire season, 80, 81 RBIs. And, and yeah, last year he had a, he had a similar stretch from let's see July 9th to the end of the season or July 9th to, until the end of August because then we got on the hype train and, and he went over. <laughs> but for July through August, he hit 298 in in 43 games, had eight home runs. I mean, he, this is this is Lars Nupar. Just rename August Nupar Nupargus, and <laughs> it's uh that, that's what we're doing. So so pick up Lars Nupar. For for new new Bargist, if uh, if he's still available in your league, seventy four percent rostered, so you may have missed the boat on him, but but yeah, he, he is hot. Uh, he's gonna be continue to bat. He's batting leadoff now for the Cardinals. It looks like so. Yeah, Love it's that. that's still a good lineup. Didn't trade Arenado. Didn't trade Goldschmidt. They still have some decent bats there. So yeah, New Bar is gonna be uh, one of my one of my players to watch. One of my players that can hopefully carry me towards the playoffs here. Yeah, in that stretch since the beginning of July, also has a 12.5% bell rate, 40% hard hit rate, and he's walking like 14% of the time, which the walk rate is very large newt bar, I guess is a good way to put it. He always has a high walk rate, so it's not a fluke. It's not like something that could cool off. Like He had a very high walk rate in 2022 as well, and so... I love a guy that's got a good walker. gets on base, plus hits for power. He's going to have that strong OPS probably through the rest of the year. So, yeah, he's hit a bunch of dingers lately, and I think that should continue. But moving on down to the next one that I wanted to talk about, because it's not a Baseball Money is Fake podcast episode without me talking about at least one Seattle Mariner at some point. Big dumper Cal Raleigh has been an absolute animal in that same stretch since two weeks ago, uh, he's striking out 35% of the time. So, it, I mean, the, obviously there's a little caveat to it. But he's hitting 317 
or that's a lie, 324 with five dingers and nine home runs. He's been playing very clutch baseball for Seattle lately, uh, which Seattle won a lot of games there where where nobody could be clutch. And so he's hitting well with runners in scoring position. Uh, He's got decent counting stats. He's got nine RBI in that time frame, but a lot of it's because he's batting a little farther down in the order. He did get relegated to batting seventh for a while for Seattle, which sucks, but Catcher is a fantasy fantasy position that has cooled off a bit. Uh, guys like Sean Mur- Murphy have cooled off a little bit. Uh, Alejandro Kirk sucks. Like a John bunch Heim's of guys. On even the IL now. Yeah, Himes on the IL, and even I mean, Real Muto. Uh, he hit a homer today, but yeah. even he's only hitting like two forty five this year with thirteen mm-hmm. home runs. So somebody like Cal Raleigh that can pick it up like this at the end of the year. Led all catchers in home runs last year. He has all the power in the world. So if he gets hot like this and this continues, he all of a sudden becomes a top top 10, top 8 type catcher for the rest of the year. And that's pretty good value uh, because I think it's after this week, Seattle has the easiest strength of schedule in baseball for the rest of the year or like a top three easiest strength of schedule for the rest of the year. So a lot of prime matchups for somebody like Big Dumper to key in on. Yeah, I mean, that's a great call out there. Catcher is definitely one of the weaker positions now. And he's giving you, like, you know, deep first base uh, first base production here. 17 home runs. Has that low average, but 230, I mean, is still decent for a home run hitter. Schwarber's still batting under 200, mm-hmm. I think. So you're getting you're getting decent average. It's a catcher. You probably don't have one of the four or five catchers that, that's worth that are worth playing every day. Maybe a bit more than that. But, yeah, I, I mean, you said it with the, with the strength of schedule there. He's been heating up. This just seems to be kind of kind of who he is. Last year, he had a total of 27 home runs in 120 games at 211. So, yeah, he's on pace for an even better season this year. He has been batting in, in the meat of the order, too, recently. He had, had cleaned up the past five games, fifth before that, a few games hit, he hit third. So, yeah, the Mariners or Scott Cervais is apparently riding that hot streak and moving him on, on up. So, yeah, if, if he's available in your league, I would definitely go out and add him to uh, shore up your catcher spot. Uh, somebody else that I want to ask you about, uh, I'm going to get his stats. We're going to go back to July 14th. We're going to keep it in the catcher range. Just somebody else that's been really hot lately. Uh, Gary Sanchez, since July 14th, he's hitting 255 with seven home runs. He has two home runs in two of his last four games. This is something he did when he first got to San Diego. All right, he was real hot with the dingers right out of the gate, and then he kind of cooled off. But their production seems to kind of stabilized over the last few weeks. This is going on three weeks now at this point. Uh, do, do you think Gary Sanchez is fantasy relevant for the rest of the year in like a, a 10, 12 team league or, or how are you feeling about him? It, it's interesting because I, I am currently rolling with the uh, no catcher strategy in, in my main 12 team league because I don't really have anyone I feel like I, I can drop, but uh, Gary Sanchez is available. He's only rostered in uh, 16% of Yahoo leagues. So, yeah, I think, I don't know. It it could be something where two home runs were at Coors Field, two home runs were home against Texas. It could just be something, though, where, okay, he, he's hot and, and you missed it. And, and you missed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. This happened earlier, you know, when he first got there. You, you mentioned that. And kind of between those two, it was kind of just, just duds for him. Between June 14th and July 14th, he had one home run in 18 starts, uh, 18 strikeouts, 11 hits, hit 159. I think he's just very hit or miss. And if you happen to have him when he is hitting, 
good, but I don't know if he's someone that, you know, you can go out and count on to, 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 I'd rather have an empty roster spot basically than Gary Sanchez right now. It's, you know, if he keeps it up, we'll we'll see how it goes. But I think he's just someone that he's hot. He's like the Rowdy Tellez, Joey Gallo type where you want to have him when he hits his home runs. And if you don't, you don't want to be caught on that tail end where you're kind of chasing that and then end up getting the hitting 150 with one home run version of him. That that does get tough. His highs are really high, and then his lows are really, really, really low. I just saw the the tweet from Talking Baseball last night about how I mean Gary Sanchez is like in his first uh, or fastest a uh, hundred home runs or something like that, and Gary Sanchez was like third behind Ryan Howard and somebody else. Just a ridiculous list. But another guy that I want to talk about uh, is one of Ryan's favorite preseason players, who has been. He started off real hot and then kind of really cooled off. That was some injuries. Brandon Lowe. Uh, as of late, uh, I know he started out those seven dingers really on, early on in the season. And then he really cooled off and he became a very droppable player. But in his last 14 games, he's hitting 294 with a double, five home runs, and 12 RBIs. He even snuck a stolen base in there. Uh, Brandon Lowe has very quickly become – the player that somebody like Ryan thought he was going to be coming into the season. Lowe has that uh, 90 mile an hour average exit velocity, 13% barrel rate, almost 50% hard hit rate in those last 14 games. Ryan, your boy, Brandon Lowe has been on fire in his last 14 games. I know, like, like I said, I know he started out the year hot and then dealt with injuries and really mm-hmm. cooled off. Do you think this is just a kind of the streaky side of him right now or do you think he finally got healthy and this is something that can keep up for the rest of the year uh hopefully he can give up i don't i currently don't have any any shares on cry i ended up uh, i think dropping him a, a bit ago i dropped him on uh july 9th actually so right before <laughs> he he heated he back up there but <laughs> yeah, he's been hot the rate the rays just seem to be a, a hot or cold team as well they've been kind of mm-hmm. struggling recently but yeah i mean second base isn't isn't very deep. He's going to be a home run hitter. People love home runs in fantasy baseball. So yeah, I mean, rostered sixty eight percent of Yahoo League. So probably not going to be available too often. But yeah, uh, he's probably worth a flyer right now. If if you need some second base help, I would uh take t- take a look that way. But speaking of second baseman that we kind of I I kind of laughed at him a little bit. Uh, Zach Giloff has been incredible for the uh, Oakland Athletics. Did you yes. en- end up? picking him up anywhere or would you still pick him up if he's available i picked up giloff in my uh weekly points home league the day that he was called up even though we i felt i felt so bad doing it because we do these episodes we talk about all these players i tell you guys the guys that i do and don't like and i said that i didn't like giloff and then i went and i took a flyer on him anyways like i don't feel bad now just because he's performed well but like in the grand scheme of things i hate telling you guys not to pick somebody up and then I turn right around and do that. Uh, but in, I mean, it's a weekly points league. I started him every game since he got called up. And as of right now, uh, he's averaging 2.3 points a game in my weekly points league. You want to shoot for like two points a game on an ESPN points league. That's like a startable player at two points a game. You start to get to 2.3 points a game. That's a pretty good player. I mean, he's hitting 226, which kind of sucks, but four home runs and five stolen bases. Scored 11 runs, which is a lot more runs than I figured an Oakland A's player was going to score in that short amount of time. 
and he's even driven in seven, which is cool. So, yeah, I, I was, I'm, <laughs> I'll eat a little bit of crow on this one. Zach Giloff has performed much better than I thought he was going to. I didn't think that power was going to translate as much to the major league level. I still don't think he's like a 20 or 25 home run guy, but he's showing that he has legitimate pop and he has legitimate stolen base ability. And I think Estieri Ruiz comes back fairly soon as yeah. well, which I think that's just another speedster added to the lineup that may give Giloff more chances for RBIs and may give Giloff more chances to steal bases as well. Yeah, absolutely. It is worth noting that uh, two of his four home runs did come at Coors Field, so I'm not sure if they mm-hmm. were cheapies a little bit, but but yeah, he's he's heading second. If if Ruiz comes back, it's definitely gonna gonna only only increase his stock. And you know what? Hopefully Ruiz can, can come back for those people that, that need those uh steals. Um we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. NFL season is right around the corner and underdog pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props is available in a ton of markets. Plus plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contests. And of course make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4 where first place gets the $3 million. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code FGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, so I have one more hot. It's going to end up being another second baseman that I want to talk about before we move on to cold streaks. But I don't think he gets enough love right now, and he needs to. Luis Renjifo of the Los Angeles Angels. I was going to bring him up, yes. Since July 3rd, he's hitting 295 with a 12.5% walk rate. He's got 11 extra base hits. Six of those are dingers. 12 RBIs. He's kind of come out of nowhere because this isn't really a Luis Renipo type of year. But this feels like uh, a hot streak that has legitimized itself as like a real like we've gone past that. Oh, he's just had a good two games and it's making his stats look good level. Like this is a real hot streak for Renhifo, who is making great he's making great contact, 15.5% barrel rate, 41% hard hit rate in that time frame. And he's just a guy that like he makes good contact. He's got an 82% zone contact rate and a seven, 77% contact rate overall. So I am honestly probably going to get off the podcast and pick up Luis Renjifo in my home league because I need somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did pick him up in my – I have two home leagues. I did pick him up in my other home league the other day. But I think Luis Renjifo needs to be on everybody's radar, especially in that loaded Angels lineup now. There's just so many counting stat abilities there. And if he's going to hit close to 300 with a little pop, he needs to be owned, especially at the weak second base position. Yeah, and he has quad eligibility on Yahoo. Second base, third base, shortstop, and outfield. He is rostered in 34% of leagues, up 18% last day. So people are taking notice of him. Yeah, you mentioned it, hitting leadoff atop that uh, Angels lineup. I wonder if he stays there when, when Trout comes back. Maybe go Renjifo, mm-hmm. Otani, Trout, one, two, three, and just you know see what they can do there. But probably go, go more so to uh, batting probably six or seven down the lineup. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Renjifo has kind of been a power guy in his career over over the past two seasons, which is 181 games. So it's a little bit more than one, se- one full season. Okay. He had t- 23 home runs, 70 RBIs, hit 247. So I feel like he's capable of getting that average back up. I think that the contact rate, barrel rate is good. 
His uh, baseball savant page isn't too encouraging. It's mostly blue, but if you look at his rolling uh, expected Woba over the past 50 plate appearances, it's just been spiking recently. So, yeah, Ryan Hifo has been on my radar. He's one of those guys like a uh, like Kim from from San Diego. Mm-hmm. We were like, okay, pick him up, you know, start him there, see what happens, and and he's been incredible. You, we wanted to talk about him, but he's he's rostered yeah. in, too, in too many leagues now. So if Ryan Hifo can do that for for the Angels, if I could see him being rostered over over 50% come September, especially if Trout comes back, especially if you know the Angels Angels keep it up. Yep, especially, again, with that second base eligibility. That position, we knew it was going to be thin coming into this season, and it just feels like it has got even more thin throughout the year because some of those guys, like a Jazz Chisholm, who was supposed to be one of those, okay, there's like six good second basemen. Oh, Jazz isn't really doing a ton to be fantasy relevant. He's been good since he came back from injury, mm-hmm. but – like when things like that happen, all of a sudden the thin position gets even more thin. And so when somebody like Ren Hifo can step up and put up numbers like this, it just boosts their value even more. Uh, but somebody that hasn't stepped up, Joe Ryan, man, it needs to be talked about. So uh, like I texted you about Joe Ryan earlier to put him in in the, the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it was 30 minutes after I texted you about putting Joe Ryan in there, it came out they, they put him on the injured list with a groin Ooh. injury, which makes this an even more intriguing conversation. Um, he came out at the beginning of the year just on absolute fire. He was one of the betting favorites to win the Cy Young Award there for a little bit. But since May 30th in his last 12 starts, Joe Ryan is 2-7. and seven. With a six five one ERA, I'll give him some credit. He's got eighty two strikeouts in sixty five innings, which is amazing. But he is getting absolutely tattooed. And the crazy part is, in that time frame, he has a six five one ERA. One of those games in that time frame was a complete game shutout, and he still has a six five one ERA. We were going to discuss kind of what we would do with him moving forward because when you get into the later part of the year like this, these type of players all of a sudden don't become as like much of a staple in your roster as they were at the beginning of the year. You, if you're like really struggling and you're pushing for the playoffs, somebody like a Joe Ryan a pre-injury um, becomes somebody that you have to question. Is it worth keeping him in on my roster at this point? Is he being too detrimental now that he's hurt, I think it's easier to just stick him on the injured list if you have mm-hmm. a spot for him. But I'm just going to put it out there. Joe Ryan is droppable for me right now, like rest of season value-wise. I don't see him offering up enough value from here till the end of the year with how bad he's been. Now the fact that he's injured on top of this and out for uh, who knows how long. Yeah. I don't see the need to keep him on a roster at this point. Dallas Keuchel's during the during the Twins rotation. I didn't even know he was Ooh. he was still on baseball or a throwback there. But yeah, I mean, see if you can flip him for for a depth outfielder or <coughs> if someone needs a pitcher and has has like two good second basemen or two good shortstops. See if you can do that rather than straight out dropping him. But I I I, I traded him a few weeks ago in, in my keeper league along with Bo Bichette for uh, Mookie Betts and Jonathan India. Three of those Ooh. players are now on the IL. But I want to shout out uh, Nick Pollock of, of PitcherList, who kind of first tipped me off to Joe Ryan being not, not too good. He was still ranked 15th on his top 100 list as of the 24th. 
His notes were, the last two months have been a rude awakening for Ryan, with an ERA inflating over five as his splitter and slider haven't done enough to support his elite four-seamer. I still love him, but he can't be considered an ace until he showcases better secondaries. And this Monday, he dropped into 18. So without his secondaries developing, he's susceptible to the days where his four-seamer isn't dope to dope. I have faith for him in 24, 2024 and beyond, but he may not be the man we want him to be in the final two months of the season. So he's been on top of that. So yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's that's what, what I, because I, I had a few different aces. I would, like top pitchers I was considering trading, including Logan Webb, who was right there, right there as well. And you know what? I was like, you know what? Let's check out the uh, pitcher list, top 100, see where, see where these guys are at, see, see these notes. And yeah, Joe Ryan has not been good for for quite a while, and I'm glad I was able to trade him while his value was still high. Uh, shout out Nick Pollock, friend of the program. Mm-hmm. I think he's our only – no, we've had two people be on twice – uh, last time he was on, he was so kind in reminding me of Jordan hitting <laughs> that uh, walk-off against uh, Robbie Ray in the playoffs, which I loved. Somebody else that Nick talked to us about in, I think he came on for the first time in December, somebody that he wasn't as high on coming into this year, Dylan Cease for the Chicago White Sox. Nick was really worried about that high walk rate. I was also really worried about that high walk rate he had last year. I think he had over a 10% walk rate in 2022. And now in his last 12 games, he's one and two. He has won one game in his last 12 starts, 62 innings pitched, a 4.62 ERA. He struck out 84, which is cool. It's a good amount of strikeouts in that time frame, but he has a 20.8% K minus walk rate you really want somebody closer to like a 22 or more to be like elite, especially for somebody like Cease is supposed to be that elite strikeout guy. He has a 31% K rate in that time frame. That's a really high K rate, but he also has a 10% walk rate, which is not good. Um, especially now that he's playing for a team that traded away some of their productive bats. Chicago becomes not a great place to be a pitcher at. And Dylan Cease is really struggling. So what are you doing with Cease for the rest of the year? Because a guy with an ERA at almost five, he just went 1.2 innings and gave up like seven runs the other day in his last start, I think it was. He's obviously not an ace. Does he become like a a streaming guy for you, or are you still just sticking him out there start after start? I think you still stick him out there. He can still get strikeouts for you if you're in a situation where he's going against the lineup like Texas. That just blew him up. But he also started in Atlanta right after the All-Star break and went five innings, only allowed one run. So he's very hit or miss. I think he's too good to to drop. I think he's probably too good to, to bench as well because maybe you can see if you can capitalize on his uh, you know finishing second in the Cy Young last year. He got MVP votes last year. That, that's how good he was. And yeah, maybe you can capitalize on that, but it just seems like the White Sox. There's something in the water there. Giolito, Cease, both kind of t- declining. Their hitters declining as well. Like n- nothing really going well for them. So, yeah, I think Cease is another one mm-hmm. where, yeah, I, I'd still trot him out there. I'm not sure what his next start is is against whoever they play after Cleveland, but he's going to be a, a two star pitcher next week. It looks like so. Um, so if you're in a weekly league, you you probably got to start him. Uh, I would keep throwing him back out there with. Knowing that you know what, ERA might get blown up, but that's the risk you have to take. How much longer of a leash are you willing to give him? Because we are, uh, as of recording this, we are three days into August. 
if two more weeks from now, if his ERA goes from four six to all of a sudden his ERA is at like a, a four nine after the next two weeks, and we're getting into like two weeks away from the playoffs, are you still that confident in him at that point, or do you start to waver a little more? No, I, I think I'm still confident in him. I'm with pitchers. I, I tend to be a lot more a lot more patient than other people are. I don't I don't want to drop somebody that you know has ace potential. Something clicks for them, then their next four starts are just absolutely incredible. Like. I I mean I I he was on an NA spot, but I carried Grayson Rodriguez through his struggles, and he's kind of back now. He's kind of okay now. So I mean, Cease, you used a high high enough pick on that. I think if anything, try to trade him right now, and then maybe get some value back. But I I wouldn't drop him unless things really go go poorly. All right, one more guy that I want to ask you about before we wrap this up. Uh an outfielder that a lot of people likely used a very high pick on coming into this year would be Randy Orozarena. Um, he has had a pretty rough stretch here. Um, geez, if I look at this, uh, in the month of July, he has gone hitless. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 17 times he's gone hitless since the beginning of July. He has hits in just nine games. This is somebody that was a top, I think he was a top 11 outfielder being drafted coming into this year. That is not good production whatsoever. In the last two weeks, he has three hits total. Two of them came in one game. Moving forward with Randy Rosarena kind of the same question with Dylan Cease. Is he now somebody that you relegate to the bench or even consider dropping? Or is he still one of those guys where you're like, he is so good that I just have to put him as one of my outfielders. No, he, he, he is, he is starting right bench right now for me. I just pop him <laughs> on the bench three for his last 40, eight for 62 since the all-star break. So I don't know. He was an all-star, right? Was he in the home run derby this yeah. year or last year? Yep. Maybe he almost won the home run derby this year. Right, yeah, so maybe that fucked up his swing. I remember people talking about that years ago when Bobby Abreu won it, and then everyone loved to hate on Bobby yeah. Abreu. But yeah, R- Rosarena, when, when you have someone like that, especially a position like outfield, you're going to have three other outfielders on your roster. Put him on the bench, maybe play him matchups if he's going against a, an easy lefty. Maybe you can try to start him, but yeah. I, I would definitely just keep him on the bench. But this is also somebody that I, I I've read, I picked up Gene Color Stanton. He's just riding my bench. So I, I'm I'm patient with a lot of these star players. But yeah, these are the type of players that you should try to trade to some less savvy managers that kind of just look at oh that his overall rank and where he's supposed to be, and they see the name. Mm-hmm. You can kind of take advantage of that. Yeah, this may be your last chance to kind of take advantage of the the name value with somebody like a Randy Rosarena, because if he goes another week or so like this, all of a sudden everybody's going to be like, nah, I don't, I don't want him on my team. And he is one of those people that's tough because he's sucking. And we kind of have that rule around here where you don't want to drop somebody that you know somebody else in your league is going to pick up immediately. Mm-hmm. And that's what Randy Rosarena is. He hasn't been productive you, enough to be in your starting lineup, but yeah, if you drop, you him, can't drop him. I will have a waiver claim in on him yeah, before you're yes. done dropping him. Yeah, so it, it's tough. So my th- my th- wait but, my three Yahoo leagues my my one oh, okay, is, okay, is okay. a seven by seven with total bases and OPS added. His current rank this season is still okay. seventy one. My other one is a six by six with OPS added. 
he is still ranked 62. My third one is a 5 by 5 with on-base percentage instead of batting average. He's ranked 24, so you can't drop him. That's where you can try to trade him away and like take advantage of, of that high rank, take advantage of that name recognition. And just uh, mm-hmm. one more thing. I thought we were going to talk about him, but Trey Turner, I'm calling it now. Oh, this yes. weekend is going to be the start of his redemption tour. Had a horrific error. It wasn't called an error. That would have ended the game for a Phillies win on Wednesday night. After the game, he said, you know what? This is the reason why I lost. And now, you know, Phillies, Phillies Twitter, Phillies fans on, on social media are being like, you know what? When he comes back, let's give him a fucking standing ovation. He's going to be here for 10 years. We, he's a good player. Let's, let's, you know, Alec Bohm last year, after he said, I fucking hate this place, he admitted, came up to it. Next game, standing ovation. So that's what, if you admit you suck, we'll love you. But if, if you try to make excuses and shit, then, then no. <laughs> so Trey Turner, I think his redemption store, redemption tour starts now. I love that. I don't know what it feels like to give a player a standing ovation in Seattle because out here, if you strike out in one, <laughs> that uh, Mariners fans want to burn you at the stake. So uh, he would not get the same kind of warm welcome out here, which Philly Philadelphia fans have a pretty notorious uh, reputation. So I kind of like hearing the good side of the Philadelphia fans out there instead of like throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. Oh, so snowballs at Santa Claus. Make sure you guys – yeah, you guys are fucking awesome out there. I I might actually be going to a Phillies game this year, so I might get to experience the the fandom Ooh. firsthand for myself this year. This year, or next year. Yeah, my best friend is an Eagles fan, and uh, like this coming season, uh, my best friend's an Eagles fan, and a couple years ago, I try and go to a Chiefs. I'm a Chiefs fan. I try and go to a Chiefs game in Kansas. Oh, City you want to go to an Eagles Arrowhead game, Stadium Blake? Is amazing. Oh yeah. Oh, that oh, yeah. that's a completely different animal. There's Philadelphia fans and then there are Eagles fans. So <laughs> just letting you know. Just letting you know. Yeah, I, I will I will be sucking it up and wearing green when I go to that just to kind of blend in. When I went to the game with him uh at Arrowhead Stadium, uh he wore just full Eagles gear and we were going and Chiefs fans might be the nicest fans in the entire world. Yeah. Like it's just like a two mile long parking lot. Yeah, just everybody shaking his hand, telling him how much they love the Eagles, and it was like the it was like the Chiefs versus the Ravens, and he's just wearing an Eagles jersey, and everybody's like, "Oh, th- 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 thanks for Andy Reid, you know, all that, all that." Good yeah, stuff. yeah. Uh, but make sure you guys are following us on all of the podcast streaming platforms. Uh, if you can hit like, follow, whatever button it is that pops up on there on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That is the number one way that you guys can help us continue to grow. So if you like what you hear, a like, a five-star rating and review, those sorts of things. only takes two seconds, and it goes a long way to helping us out. Same with hitting subscribe on YouTube. I do not like saying those words on a public platform. It feels very cringy, but the more subscribers we get, the, the more we climb up the the algorithm rankings and all that, and the more we get out there and the more we are able to grow and give fantasy baseball advice to more people out in the world. So if you guys just take the two seconds to do that, it means the world to me and Ryan. And also follow us on Twitter at Fake Baseball, Twitch at Fake Baseball Money. We're on Instagram at Fake Baseball Money. We're literally everywhere. So if you just come find us on Facebook too, we're streaming live on Facebook right now. So shout out all the people watching us on Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at R. Gilbert, S-O-P. And we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.